Welcome to another episode of the Pet Business Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Eliza. I'm excited to be here today, and I'm excited to help you with your pet business. I love talking about your pet businesses. I also love talking about my own pet business and what's worked for me. In this episode, I'm going to give you a rare behind-the-scenes look at my own business, Preferred Pet Partners. I'll give you practical advice on how to make your business run like a well-oiled machine. I think it's going to be an amazing show, so give the dog a bone and the kitty some catnip and let's dive right in. I run a successful six-figure pet sitting and dog walking business based in Omaha, Nebraska. I live in North Carolina. You're probably wondering how I pull this off without constant travel back and forth between states, which I don't do, by the way. I thought I'd spend some time today giving you a peek behind the scenes of my own pet sitting business, Preferred Pet Partners. I'm going to break this up into two parts. I'm going to start first by talking about the processes behind the scenes at Preferred Pet Partners, and then I'm going to talk about the people behind the scenes. Everyone who manages a business remotely has a slightly different story, but I believe the key to doing it successfully is the same across the board. My own story is that I was living in Omaha, Nebraska, working in a corporate job. I'd been in corporate for nearly 30 years by that time, and I knew I wanted to do something with more meaning. I launched Preferred Pet Partners, PPP for short, in Omaha in 2017. As with many new businesses, I was a solopreneur for about the first six months. At the time, I was still also working my 9-to-5 corporate job. It was stressful, exhausting, and amazing, but that's a different story. My expertise is in process building and people management, so I set about putting robust processes in place almost immediately. From day one, I knew I wanted to hire people to provide my services. I didn't know exactly how long I would be in the field, but what I did know was that the more time I spent in the field, the less time I would be spending working on the business. This was a powerful motivator for me to get out of the field as much as possible early on. I also knew that my husband and I didn't want to retire in Omaha. Don't get me wrong, Omaha is a lovely place, but we had dreams of living in the mountains or by the sea, and Omaha is a little bit short on both of those. In 2018, we made a pact to move in 2020. We didn't know where, we just knew we were going. We were going to move. We spent the next 18 months researching and visiting potential retirement locations before we settled on Asheville, North Carolina. In September 2020, mid-pandemic, we got in the car and moved our lives and our three cats halfway across the country to the Appalachian Mountains. Now in my case, I had process and people knowledge and a looming deadline to light a fire under me. Every cloud has a silver lining. The pandemic was a giant cloud, but the silver lining was that it gave the collective world a chance to step back, reevaluate, and prepare. So prepare I did. I spent most of 2020 honing my business and people. When we moved to North Carolina in September of 2020, I was nervous but confident that I had built a strong foundation. I'm a strong believer in documenting your processes, and I knew that if the processes were strong, even if I had turnover, I could recover quickly. As it turned out, the pandemic was a time of high turnover, so my systems have been battle-tested. So how does my business work behind the scenes? In a word, if you haven't guessed it already, processes. Here is probably a good point to mention that processes are not the same thing as policies. 
A policy is a course or principle of action adopted by your business. For example, a policy might be your refund or cancellation rules for your business. A process, on the other hand, is a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. We're going to talk about processes. There are many processes that drive my business, but here are the top three. Number one, employee onboarding process. I believe strongly that starting an employee out on the right foot leads to loyalty and longevity. Every employee goes through a two-part orientation with me, the owner of the company. While some business owners can and do outsource or delegate this to others, I've chosen to hang on to this duty. It's a great chance for me to instill our company culture for new employees and make sure they have the information they need to succeed right out of the gate. Process number two, meet and greets. In my business, pet sitting and dog walking, the meet and greet is often our first live contact with a potential new client. This is the best chance to form a terrific first impression and create a client for life. Our meet and greet process is critical to forming this bond. It also ensures that no matter which of my employees is doing the meet and greet, my customers will still get the same great initial experience. Process number three, scheduling services. I would call this one, if not the most important process in our handbook. The reason being, this one touches both customers and employees. As your business grows, this becomes even more critical. On the customer side, you find yourself not being able to accommodate every customer request at the time they request it. That's understandable, you're busy, but you still wanna meet the request as closely as possible to make your customer happy. On the employee side, when and where the employee is scheduled to work has a direct impact on their employee satisfaction and therefore their longevity with your company. Our process strives to meet both the employee's and the customer's needs. Now these are three processes and by all means this list isn't exhaustive. You need to create the processes specific to your individual business. Here's a few fairly generic and universal ones for you to start with though. Scheduling employees, scheduling clients, ongoing employee training, both in the classroom and in the field, keeping records for client data, your meet and greet process, setting up new clients in your systems, setting up new employees in your systems, onboarding new employees, performing a service, whether it's a pet care visit, a pet care groom, a sale, whatever it is, how to pay employees, how to report hours worked, and how to invoice clients. As a side note, I've always known that one day I would want to sell the business. A business that's dependent on the owner to function is less valuable to buyers. I knew my business needed to be able to run without me or almost without me, and the sooner I set it up to be self-sufficient, the stronger it would be when it came time to sell. Now, I'm loving what I do, so I have no plans to sell anytime soon, but this is the mindset I use every time I make a significant decision about the business. It's what I've always worked toward. Now let's switch gears a bit. We've just talked about processes, but that's not the end of the story. The best processes are worthless if there's no one to use them. So let's talk about people now. As I mentioned before, from day one, I knew I wanted to hire people to provide my services. I also knew that the more time I spent in the field, the less time I'd be spending working on the business. So I was motivated to get out of the field as much as possible early on, and that meant finding and hiring great people. Before we jump into how the people side of things work, I'd like to share a couple of philosophies. The first is continuous improvement. 
I'm a believer that if we aren't continuously looking at our business and making positive changes, we'll die a slow death and slip quietly into obscurity. Okay, I'm probably being a little bit dramatic, but you get my point. The second philosophy I live by is that my people, my employees, are my single best source of ideas for how to run the business effectively. The reason for this is simple. They're out on the front lines. They interact with clients and with each other daily, and they know what works and, more importantly, what doesn't work. During the pandemic, people managers everywhere were forced to reevaluate how they interact with employees. Managers and employees who were once all in the same office together were now working from home and spread out geographically. Those water cooler conversations came to a screeching halt and new ways of managing had to be adopted. Luckily, this was nothing new for my industry, pet sitting and dog walking, where sitters have always been out in the field 100% of the time. This does, however, make the daily back and forth banter with employees more challenging. Early on in my business, I adopted a policy of doing shadow visits with each of my employees on a regular basis. I would go with them on a pet sitting visit and shadow them much like you would shadow a new employee to train them on your service processes. The difference, though, was that I wasn't training the employees. Rather, they were training me. This was a chance for them to ask questions and bring up concerns. It was a chance for them to give me feedback on what was working and what wasn't. I would routinely ask them, if you were in charge for a day, what would you change? And some of the best process improvements come from these conversations. Today, because I now live in a different state than my business is in, conversations with my employees are even less likely to happen organically. I had to find a way to keep this connection going and keep the flow of good ideas coming through. While I can't go out into the field with them, I speak with them regularly. I actually keep track of these conversations to ensure I don't go too long without speaking to each employee. This might sound a little bit strange, but when things are running smoothly, and they run very smoothly generally, it's easy to skip these conversations. My business organizational chart is fairly flat. I have two people managers in Omaha who the sitters interact with most often. They both do pet sitting visits as well as their managerial duties, so they maintain a good understanding of what's going on out in the field with our clients. We also have a virtual assistant working remotely. I focus on cross-training so all three of them can handle most anything that comes at them from administrative to client needs to employee needs. There's nothing magical about this structure though. It's simply about finding what personnel structure works for your business and this has worked well for my business. Most businesses have job descriptions and I do too. I find though that this is really only a good starting point. As a business that has multiple employees, I needed a way to hold everyone accountable. We have what we call the responsibility matrix. This is literally a list of every task, administrative and people-oriented, that is done on a daily basis. Next to each task is the primary person responsible for doing it and the backup should this person be on vacation. This eliminates confusion and makes very clear who's doing what. There are processes in place, as we mentioned earlier, on how we source, vet, hire, and onboard employees. This is critical when dealing with turnover. Even the best businesses will have some turnover, so the documented processes ensure that if a key person leaves the organization, they don't take their knowledge with them. Having these processes and cross-training employees on our key processes ensures that if any one person leaves, we are still fully able to function at the level our clients are used to. And finally, still talking about communication, we use a group texting app for internal communications. 
This is a great way to link a remote team together and feel like we're all working for the same company. There are conversations constantly going on between individuals or between groups on this texting app. The topics range anywhere from scheduling questions to posting cute pictures of the furry clients they get to spend time with each day. So that's a sneak peek behind the scenes at the processes and the people of preferred pet partners. It's my baby. I started it from scratch and I couldn't be more proud of it. That's our episode for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, I would love it if you'd leave me a review on whatever platform you're tuning in on. And if you're ready to take the plunge and launch your own pet business, or if you feel a bit stagnated and want to take your existing pet business to the next level, then reach out to me for a free strategy planning session at www.thepetbusinesscoach.dog forward slash coaching. That's www.thepetbusinesscoach.dog forward slash coaching. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, you always have a choice. Don't forget to choose happiness. Happiness.